Hello, reader. I'm Alex. I'm Kelly. And this is the LitJoy Podcast. This episode is brought to you by LitJoy Crate's holiday events. All through November, December, readers can shop new gifts for readers in their life or for yourself and can shop special sales events. The holiday season is literally our favorite time of year at LitJoy. Myself and Kelly work with our team year-round to bring to life the perfect gifts for readers. If you're a fan of Sarah J. Moss, we have lots of items available, but new this season is the Throne of Glass Key. For classic book lovers, we've released the LitJoy edition of A Christmas Carol, and there's a darling door knocker ornament that can correlate with it. And perhaps the thing that we're most excited about is our paper art edition of Alice in Wonderland. There will be special discounts happening throughout the month of November and December, so please keep checking back in. If you're a listener tuning in when it's not the holiday season, don't worry, we've got you covered. You can use the code PODCAST10, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1-0, at litjoycrate.com slash podcast anytime for 10% off. So PODCAST10 is a 10% off discount that doesn't expire, and the way to navigate to our website is litjoycrate.com slash podcast, L-I-T-J-O-Y-C-R-A-T-E dot com slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's where you can find everything we talk about on the podcast as far as products and sales events go. And of course, all of this info will be in the show notes. All right. Welcome back, reader. We are going to hop right into part two of this series, talking yeah. about authors, agents, publishers, what it's like working in the industry. And we're going to hop right back in. We've got lots more questions to cover. Yeah. And these questions for you who are just popping into this episode are questions that were submitted by our customers or yes. our community. And so these are questions from you. All right. Okay. So up first, is reading as fun as it used to be, Kelly, or does it feel like work sometimes? <laughs> um, both. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest, it, when everyone, you know, when you start a, a company or a business off of something that you love or you have a passion for, you hear this all the time, like you better really love it because you might start to hate it when you turn it into a job. And I've never hated it. I've never gotten to that point. No. You know how I'm like, I'm never going to hate reading and hate books, but there's definitely times where I literally didn't have time to read. Mm -hmm. Like I, we ran out of time running the company where we weren't able to read nearly as much as we wanted to. And thankfully we're not there right now. Like we, no. I have much more time to be able to literally read a book. I'm listening to audiobooks, but it's going to always feel like work to some degree, but it's like the best kind of work ever. It's no. like, it's like saying book club is your job. And I'm like, darn it. I have to read, you know, but every it's now true. and then it just, you know, with life and family, kids, like it can be a little bit of a crunch time of like, oh, I got to get this book in, you know, like mm -hmm. I want to, but it's, I have small time of being able to, but same yeah. for you. Oh yeah. I mean, I've loved reading through every phase of LitJoy and LitJoy just like it, it's our, we always joke that it's our love child because we both love books and then we got together and we made a baby and it is LitJoy. <laughs> and with that, I'm I'm just like, just as kids kind of go through phases, so yeah. does your company. It grows, it goes through growth spurts, and then it kind of plateaus, or it has like challenges and trials. And and I really feel like books and our the love of literature has just been such a solid foundation through all of that change. And we always go back to books to find comfort. Yep. Uh, sometimes the genres change, sometimes it's audiobooks, sometimes it's books in hand. But I really feel like 
we all go back, or at least Kelly and I go back to just this deep love of literature. And that comes up, you know, that it's like a solace. And sometimes we can't stop thinking about it as a job when mm-hmm. we're reading. We're like, I'll be reading a great book and I'm like, we got to make this into a special edition. Oh, yeah. You know, or we got to see if we can work with the author. You know, And so literature is always present. Mm-hmm. And yep. this love of books is kind of always present. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll ask you the next question. Okay. Um, have we ever, or would we ever, consider doing a collector's edition of Discovery of Witches? Ah, oh, we kind of talked about this in part one, yes. but I love that it got brought up again. Uh, first of all, I would love to do a special edition of Discovery of Witches. It's not something that we have a contract on. It's not in the pipeline. But I'm like, yeah. if I'm throwing out to the universe, I love that series so yes. much. And I loved the TV series. I did. Yes. But I was probably more obsessed with the books. It was a lot to put into oh, a TV yeah. series, especially if you get to, like, you know, the third book. Well, second book, I think, has the most, like, history in it. I loved it so much. Um, but it has everything in, like, a, it has all the catnip, I like to say, in a book for me and probably you, too, because I just love, like, historical fiction. I love really learning about things, especially if it's based over in, like, London and UK. Oh, yeah. It had witches. It had magic. So I was so delighted for that. That whole series, we read it um, just on our own time. Then we read it for my book club. And it comes up a lot as a book we would love to do a series for. But Or a special edition. Yes, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. It is on our list of pitches to send out. Um, we kind of have like a running list of our wish list of of pitches. And it is it is on the list. Um, but it, as we've mentioned in our previous part of this two-part episode, it's just – it's – it all depends on if the stars align, if it works for the author, if it works for the publisher, and where can we plug it into our calendar. Also, we're super flexible with our calendar when we approach publishers yeah. and authors to try and fit things in that work on their schedule. So we'll remove any barriers we can on our side to make it work, but the stars have to align. So send good energy out to the universe that it can work. Okay, what books have you tried to create special editions of or collector's editions of but couldn't for whatever reason. I can tell you one. I We were baby brand new in doing special editions, like had only worked with maybe one author. And I was like, I'm going to approach the Tolkien Trust. I'm going to ask them to do Lord of the Rings. I was like, and you go, girl. And I was like, I got this. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> it was too early. I pulled the trigger on that one too early. Like I was so excited about the potential of doing Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And the Tolkien Trust was extremely kind like they were so kind to work with they listened to my pitch they approached the whole trust like i I got really far in talking with them but we had only done a couple of editions and so we were very baby brand new in that space and so i totally get why they were like it's a no for now i think they have to make sure that they protect their intellectual property and that this editions that are coming out are really special and so that's one where I'm like, oh, I wanted to do that so bad, but I think I blew it a little bit on the timing. And it was a learning experience for me, which was great. But I mean, the worst that can happen is they say no, right? Yeah. And I think that they even said it's a no for now. And so we're like, okay, we're going to hold you to that. Yeah. Because it's definitely on our wish list. And you as know we me, mentioned. I can be a squeaky door, <laughs> like a squeaky hinge. I'm like, hey. Hey, yeah. hey again, just want to email you. That's exactly what we need, right? Yeah. I, I don't think it bothers them just to be reminded, you know, once a year, right? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, because we need that as well. We oh, need people sure. to squeaky yeah. will us. And so I always appreciate that. I know. Okay, I'm trying to think. Um, the only one I, other one I can think about is Twilight. 
I know. We talked about that before. Yeah. We got to know again for now. There's just things going on in the background, I think. And yeah. I don't even know if we got a, a full reason other than just. No, but uh, you can bet that my team was like, no, but why? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, we're, we're always seeking information. <laughs> it's interesting because when you work with so many moving pieces, uh, my team, I feel like at Litchoy, we would rather have full information. We're a super transparent company internally yeah. and with our partners. Like, There's not a lot of things that we're I, I don't. I think we think if we're making a product we love that's beautiful and we believe in, we don't need to keep a ton of things tight to the vest. No. And so we're so collaborative when we work on these projects. And so when we have a a partner or a vendor come back and be like, no, and we're not telling you why, we're always like, why? Like this information is so helpful to us. So what we try and do is we try and get a few more clarifying answers mm -hmm. because we take it and we integrate it into how we work with them in the future like oh yeah. it's really important to this publisher that they know the exact timing or this publisher it's a quantity thing they need us to order more quantity so let's come back to them when we yeah. think that this product we can order more quantity um or they're like the the author is really busy right now we're like okay great we'll reapproach them in eight months when the author is not in a writing cave you know and so yeah a lot of times they'll they'll say no and here's why but they don't ever followed up with anything else and we're like well we can work with this yeah. like we yeah. we're flexible let's work around this we're going to solve this is how Actually, we come we come yeah. at it there's been multiple special editions we've put out and and collector's editions because the, the publishers come back and be like that timing doesn't work sorry and we're like oh well that's an easy that's fix solvable and we push it back by six months and they're like that's great and the project comes to fruition mm -hmm. um and actually we do have um we have a book coming out next year and the year after that, that that was the exact scenario. So it's two books in a series and they were like, the timing's off on this. Mm -hmm. And, and we were like, that sounds like a yes, even though you said no. <laughs> and we just moved around our schedule yeah. to accommodate. And um, yeah, and it's, that's actually happens a lot. And um, publishers, publishing is so interesting. They really run on schedule. Uh, meaning mm. not that they're on time because nobody is on time in production in the world right now, but it's all, it's a bit of a loose. Mess. Yeah. But publishers, the, the release dates of yeah. books is so ingrained in the structure of the company. Mm. And so that's one thing that's fascinating is like release dates and getting specific release dates for specific books mm -hmm. are paramount to almost all yeah. decisions with a book, which is fascinating to me. Because we're super flexible. Like we might have our biggest month of the year be April because we have a special edition that comes out. But like in publishing, their stuff all happens in very specific months of the year. Yeah. All right, Alex. This is a fun question. What is the best and or worst parts of our jobs? The best part of my job is that I sometimes I just like will sit in my library and think about this. I have a little room in my house that I've converted into a library. And I look at all of our literary special editions and I'm like, the best part of my job uh, when it comes to production or product specifically is that I can read a book that I am obsessed with and that I was able to have this company that created something really magical from that book that yeah. I get to co-create a special edition with the author. Mm -hmm. Not me specifically, but our team. So when it comes to production, best part of my job. The best, best part of my job is my, our team. Mm -hmm. I just really love running a company i'm like that i get to be a ceo with you i'm like it's just so cool <laughs> i'm like every day i wake up and i'm like i work at an amazing company with amazing people and i love it 
so much, even on the bad days. So yeah, that's the best parts. Now you tell me your best parts. Best part is feeling like I have a little bit of control over creating something that I wish was a product so badly. You know, as a reader, so many times I'm like, oh, I wish this was um, a product. I wish this was real life in my hand, or I wish I could redo this book with this kind of a cover or work with this author just so I can get to know them. Like, so the fact that I can have these wishes that come to fruition <laughs> is incredible. It's, it all started because I, you know, I run a local book club and I wanted to bring books to life. Like that is literally how I ran the book club. And we talked about that and I would, you know, I throw these big book parties, authors can be invited, everything's themed around the book. And I was basically trying to curate uh, what I do now, but in my book club where it wasn't really going where I wanted it, if that makes sense, because I couldn't yeah. physically create the product. Yeah, I did actually a couple times. It, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> I bound my own book once, twice, actually, to create the book I wanted because it didn't exist. And that's when I finally was like, I should like try to make money at doing whatever this this thing is because it wasn't a thing um yeah and that's when we you know we've talked about how we chatted about it and we started but that's to me I the thing that I love the most is like now if we read something that we love we can make it happen like we yeah. can work with that author we can make that product happen in that book to come to life like I can put it in my library I can have it in my hands and that is so amazing to in a sense have that power oh yeah that ability magic. Again, comes back to the team that we have. We have such an incredible team and, and we just love working with everyone that we have in our company. Um, we've said this also many times, but being co-CEOs is such a gift. It does not work for a lot of people. We found out it's like breathing for us. It doesn't work without the two of us. It's oh, yes. so natural. Um, but talking to other people in the last couple of years, just in business, they're like, oh, how are you guys managing this? Like, co-CEOs don't work. And we're like, mm, but it does. Like, uh, yeah. we've proven that. But yeah, it's such a relief that if I'm struggling or having a rough week, day, whatever it is, like, I know Alex has my back. And like, we can kind of give each other, um, we can kind of back and forth with our energy and where we're at for whatever's happening in our lives. And it's not like the entire pressure of the company is just on one shoulder. So yeah. we kind of burden that together. And so that's like the best part. I know. Is working together, our team. I know. Creating and the magic. We really like each other too. <laughs> I'm like, we hang out a minimum of twice a week outside of work. Not We're not forced to. We just enjoy yeah. it. Um, we're neighbors. Yeah. Uh, like our kids, our best friends, like cousins. Um, we really created kind of this m magical life, mm -hmm. uh, but it was through like a lot of blood, yeah. sweat and tears. Yes. Like the startup of a company. I mean, Kelly and I both put in $500 in leveraged credit card debt and worked 80 hour weeks. Uh, that's how literally started. And so there was yeah. no outside funding. I mean, we paid our first employees in like Starbucks and a prayer. I mean, it was super scrappy. Yeah. We had three-year-olds and one-year-olds that were helping us kit boxes in our kitchen. And then take during nap time, no. we would sprint through the rest of the kidding. Yeah. I mean, it it was a startup through and through. Never forget coming over to your house at like midnight working on crates. Yeah. We had, there was fire involved at one point. <laughs> we did. We burned the edges of a map for aesthetic. <laughs> 
It looked awesome. I'm like, seriously, bless all of our first subscribers. Thank you for coming on the journey with us. One of our very first subscribers is one of our directors now. I mean, it's just we created something really special. And so even on the bad days, the worst parts of our job, uh, like the good days totally make it worth it. Which leans into what's the hardest part about it? The hardest part about our job. I think for me, it's the things I can't control. I know. It's, and and it's, I'm not like control is a motivator for me, but I don't feel like I'm a control freak. I I relinquish a lot of decisions to our team. Like I trust our team very much. So, and I don't have a lot of ego in the game. Like the success of LitJoy is so much more important to me than like how I feel about something. Yeah. Uh, But when I cannot control how the other stakeholders outside of LitJoy interact with our employees, that's where I feel the that's the worst part of my job. Like, for example, uh, I feel like someone can be really critical or harsh towards me or unkind towards me, and it kind of bounces off me. But if I see them doing that to someone that I love and care about, I just want to freaking kill them. <laughs> I'm like, I want to lose it on them. I want to do everything I can to protect my people. And there's often, that's just, that's my personality. It's a part of my struggle. Uh, But there's times where people outside of LitJoy will be unkind to my team members. And this comes in from all different areas. Uh, And, and I cannot protect them. Yeah. And, and it is so infuriating to me that I've had to really work on that as I've grown as a CEO and as a leader. Mm. It's something that I've, a challenge I've had to overcome and address. So that's probably the most frustrating part of my job is that I have to let other people go through suffering Mm. um, and receive unfair treatment because that is just a part of being human. And it makes me so angry. And so I I have to go to therapy for that. (laughs) That's what I do. Uh, what's the okay kelly now now let me ask you what is the the most difficult or the your least favorite part of your job maybe we could do that we can rephrase it um i think part of it is the similar to what you said if there's something we can't control and we're at the whim of somebody else for whatever reason like because we work with so many different you know whether it's a publisher or even a vendor, mm-hmm. and we have zero control over what's happening. A shipping provider. Shipping, you know, customs even. Like, there's just things you don't know till you get in it. Um, yeah. Those are the the parts that are the least favorite for me that are hard to deal with because you're like, I literally can do nothing. Like, yeah. And, and that's not how we function. Like, you and I are like, <laughs> we're such we problem, will find a way. We're such problem solvers, yes, naturally. Yes. Yeah. So when we don't have the ability to even problem solve whatever the thing is, we're just like... Fine, I will go to therapy for this. <laughs> totally, you know, because uh, that's the frustration, and then it's hard because we have to usually, you know, that affects our customers. A lot of it, it affects our customers, and that's oh. the, that's the part I get super protective of, of course, for our team. Yeah. But like um, when I we have to deliver this information to our customers, I, it just breaks my heart. It makes me frustrated because I know frustration, you know, how frustrating it is as a customer to not get a product on time or you know something has to get moved or anyways so that's the part that is my least favorite on top of probably just in general finances (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i that's like my least favorite thing to do side note kelly and i hate 
dealing with finances of a company. Yeah. Some people like thrive. I'm like, there's so many CFOs or or CPAs who go out and start companies. Kelly and I got degrees in psychology, yeah. women's studies and art history. Like we're, <laughs> yep. we see a balance sheet and we're like, we understand that this is bolded because it's important. <laughs> Please explain the rest. I know. Like, thank goodness people out there love finances yeah. and that they help us. And we just hire them and we bring them in and we're all, we will build a culture of love and trust. Now you do the money thing. <laughs> hey, it works. It works right? for like, us. Somebody gave us that advice. They're like, if you're not good at it or if you just don't like it, hire it out. And it As was, soon as you can. As soon as, as, soon you, as you, can. you can. And we were like, thank you. We're like, oh my gosh, thank you. It was like somehow permission and because we would bootstrap everything and we were just, oh, yeah. we're like, we got to do it. We got to do it. The next thing we handed off was fulfillment. <laughs> Immediately. But that was because the team was like, stop doing fulfillment. We were not great at that. We kept missing things and doubling up on other things. Yes. And we're like, wait, why are these not? I know. And we're such advocates. Wait. We're such advocates for our customers. Like we love our customers so much that we're like, we want it to be this perfect, beautiful experience. And then we were fulfilling and we're like, we are letting ourselves down. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to do it in the beginning. Do. And we really know how to do almost everyone's job from like a scrappy level yeah. but because we've done it all. But also now we just hire specialists like they for were certain so much things better at it. that are so much better. Like our finance team so much better. Uh, there's so I mean, every department that we've we've hired people that really specialize in that. I'm all they're brilliant. Yeah. Like yeah. our IT department. I'm all tell it to me like I'm I'm 10. And then they tell me and I'm all just like Michael. I'm all OK. Tell it to me like I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> and they're great. Yeah. I just. We're like, we will keep paying you as much as possible. You just keep doing that thing. Yes. I will say the last thing, because I forgot about this. The other thing I really love about our job is all the different community things that we get to be a part of as well, which side note is kind of why we want to do this podcast. Uh, We wanted to get more involved in having a say in what we're doing and what we're reading and what we want to be doing, you know, in the future with other books and getting to work with authors. And I just... Love being able to see um, readers in person when they like when we congregate. <laughs> you <laughs> when know, we come together. We used to do uh, book con and BEA um, up until COVID when they stopped doing it, mm-hmm. and I loved it because read, reading such a solitary experience. And you know, unless you like have a book club, like in person, yeah. it's rare to really get together and talk about books and be around other readers in that sense. And it was like our book mecca. You know, like oh yeah, uh, that's uh, so fun. well also like. The purpose of Lit Joy, like our official purpose, is to cultivate connection and joy through stories. Mm -hmm. And so every product we make, every relationship we foster, every every customer we talk to, it's filtered through are we creating connection and joy through stories. And uh, that's always been why we've started the company. And that's what we come back to if ever we feel like we're floundering or we need to make a decision. We come back yeah. to that and are we holding ourselves accountable for that purpose? And so that is a really fun thing that comes with running your own startup company is we create connection and joy through stories with other companies, mm-hmm. with authors, with our readers, with, you know, and this podcast is just another way to do that, to create connection. And so I feel really lucky that we're in a position where we could be doing this. I don't think Kelly and I ever thought we'd be doing Something like a podcast when we started a Ew. book subscription box. I mean, 
we were, like we mentioned, at one point in time at two in the morning, burning the edges of a piece of paper to make it look like a vintage map. And that was our job. (laughs) We probably shouldn't have been doing it. I bet my neighbors were like, what the hell? Just a seance. Don't worry about it. (laughs) We're out there like saging mass. It's fine. fine. But, you know, it's cool that we get to do this now. And I'm not I'm not missing a moment of it. Like, I'm. I'm living so in the moment with it right now because mm-hmm. this is the first time Kelly and I have really been able to just be CEOs and not CEOs slash six other things. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's well, cool. Thank you, team. Thank you. I know. We love them. Okay. So the next question is, why can we not release information before a certain date on upcoming special editions? Um, I actually... I was like, why don't you take I was this like, one? son of a bee. It's mine too. <laughs> um, okay. So I mentioned this a little bit, but publishers actually put restrictions on when we can announce things sometimes. Sometimes publishers, because it's of the book or the author or the timing of year, like they they don't care. And they're like, you can announce whenever you need to. And that's how some of our projects are. And we just announce them when we have space in our marketing calendar. And we feel like it's soon enough to hype it, but not like so late that customers won't be able to save for it but not too early that they'll forget it's happening so there is kind of this like chemistry this balance Mm. if we have control over it yeah oftentimes though publishers or authors will tell us that this is the date you're allowed to announce it and that's because of their schedules yeah that's because of the publication schedules and the author schedules so for example if we're working with an author and they have a new edition or they have a a brand new release coming out publishers will ask us to market hours after that or way in front of it so that the author's marketing power is not put towards a project that's not the publisher's project or so that we get the marketing of the author that the author wants to give us. So oftentimes the author is like, I have a book coming out that month and I really want to give your special edition a lot of attention on my social media and can we push back the announcement date? So when we do these projects, it's not just our audience, it's not just our readers or our community that is looking at those, looking for those announcements. It's also the author's community and the author's community is really excited about these special editions Mm -hmm. and the author wants to give it the hype. And so that's oftentimes why we don't announce them until a certain date. And we don't obviously have control over like an author's publication schedule, nor do I want control over that. I'm like, I don't think I like my job. (laughs) I don't want to do that. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces on that one. Yeah. And we just negotiate for what we feel like is the best time to announce it. But obviously, we try and be really accommodating to the author and their schedule. Yeah. That's always the goal is like, how do we make this as smooth as possible? Exactly. Yeah. Cool. I'll lead into the next question then. I love this. Okay. How much say does the author versus the publisher have when publishing a book? And I'm trying to decide this question, is it just in general, do we think? Or is this like specifically with LitJoy? Let's do, in general, what we know, and then with LitJoy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in general, what I know with working with the publishers and the authors is it kind of depends on the author and the publisher and the chemistry between them. Mm. So some publishers are much more open to author feedback on like cover art and 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 design Mm -hmm. some publishers are very particular their marketing their cover marketing department whatever that's called they know what sells in certain bookstores like what will sell in airports what will sell on the shelves of like barnes and noble by genre yeah what will sell on amazon 
They break it down by genre. They do market research. Like there's a science to the covers and what's trending and what's working. Mm -hmm. And they will kind of just tell the author like, no, this is what's actually going to sell to people who might not know who your name is, right? Then there's also this interesting relationship between publishers and authors where if the author's more prominent Mm -hmm. in the publishing house and a New York Times bestseller over and over and over again and more of a house name, Mm -hmm. they will be able to use that as kind of not leverage, but essentially there's a little bit more power behind their ideas. And so they get more of a say. And then literary agents sometimes will go to bat for the authors and be like, this doesn't work for this cover and try and push for their their author because that's the agent's job is to really be an advocate for their client, their author. So I think it's just like there's no straight answer in how we create something special. I think that it's the same with publishing houses and with authors. There's Mm -hmm. like this kind of like do the stars align that that they're able to have more of a say and yeah so yeah we've worked with some authors who are like really bummed about their mass market covers and some who are like obsessed with their mass market covers and it kind of just depends on the individual people and how it all shakes out yeah so especially a lot of our backlist titles that have been out for a long time they if we approach them they're like yes they're like finally because what was trendy 15 years ago like isn't working and or it didn't work for them then, but it like doesn't work now for the market because or it just needs a, a, an a refresh, update. An update. It just needs an update. Like anything that happened 15 years ago in visual branding is yeah. kind of like, oh, you can yeah. tell it's a little dated. And so they're really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we've kind of talked about, you know, when an author works with LitJoy. Yeah. Um, in the control they have there. And it's very much just a collaborative experience. Like we're never going to steamroll what an author wants. If they have a really strong vision of what they'd love to see, we always make it happen. Like we want to, like, that's the point. We want them to be proud of it. We want to make their dreams come true and make this incredible new edition. And so that really just comes down to our team and the author and sometimes the agent just working together to create what we think is going to be best. And Yeah, there's no ego in it in that sense. Like, it really works no. wonderful that way. Yeah, and, and if ever there's, like, a reason we can't make it exactly how the author envisions, yeah. it's usually limitations with, like, deadlines, production limitations, like, yeah. what's even possible, possible. Um, and and the artist, like, what the, like the yeah. artist's range. And so every now and then we'll kind of make a compromise on, like, an element of a cover, but authors always have this final stamp of approval mm-hmm. so it can go out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next question. If I, being a listener, wanted to be published, Alex, what do I do next? Oh do my you have gosh. answers for this? Just because I'm such a successful published author? Right? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. We actually get asked that a lot. Yeah. Like we get asked uh, writing tips and how to connect with publishers a lot. I think a lot of people who are readers also are writers in this community. I think the only we so I did I wrote down a few bullet points on this one because I think it's important Mm -hmm. to kind of give people something I didn't want to feel I didn't want the listener to feel like they were just left hanging. Yeah. But if you're hoping to become a writer or you're a writer and you want to get in contact with publishers, I would recommend that you find a writing group to Mm -hmm. support you on your journey. And there are writing clubs in every state in America, like there are so many writers out there. I would find a community and surround yourself with people who are writing and they will also be thinking about the same things as you as far as like, how do I find an agent? How do I query to agents? How do I find an editor? How do I get in touch with publishers? And so that community 
Those are people who are already in that world who are interested in it. Join those clubs. Join those writing groups. I would also recommend going to writing conferences. Mm -hmm. Uh, Storymakers is a local Utah one that I've been to three or four times. I love Storymakers. It's a great conference. It's a great way for you to improve your writing, to get writing recommendations, to get edits on your writing, and also to meet literary agents. So lots of writing conferences. Like I'll hop in and add one, which is, I think everyone should be in a book club. I'm always going to promote book clubs because we have several authors and budding authors in our um, book club, my local one, because it's just, you want to stay immersed, I think, in what you're interested in, what you want to be doing, and just being surrounded by other readers, constantly being pushed to read different types of books and genres. I think it can only ever help. Oh, yeah. If you want to be a writer, it's like the advice you hear all the time is you got to read more, read more, Yep. and then just keep writing. (laughs) That's the first piece of advice I think a lot of authors will give, and literary agents is like, how much are you reading? Are you reading enough? Because as you start to learn writing technique, you recognize it in the works of others and it makes you a better editor of your work and a better writer. I've been in a writing group for like eight years on and off. I've been writing just because literally has taken up so much of my creative energy, which I don't regret it for one second. Um, But my writing group is just such an incredible resource to me. Mm -hmm. And half of them are in my book club. Well, your book club. President Kelly of the book Presidente. club. El Presidente. No. <laughs> that was pretty funny when you said that at book club. <laughs> I laughed. Thanks. I was like, nobody else laughed as hard as I did. I was like, that was a good one. <laughs> I'm like Kelly's number one cheerleader at book club too, because she's the president of the book club. That's how we met. And mm-hmm. so I'm always like, oh, hail Kelly, the president. This awkward thing that happened. And I'm like, I guess I'm a president of this. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how we became CEOs. Everyone's like, you are, you're the CEO. Now, write a standard operating procedure. <laughs> it's fine. No, I I think reading is yeah. like the first recommendation we'd have is yeah. be a voracious reader, consume lots of stories. Yeah. Okay. And then, oh, um, check out this one we wrote down. Check out your local bookstores. Yeah. Uh, like the, the mom and pop local bookstores mm-hmm. are such a great place to start for writing communities, book clubs, uh, just Anything, uh, book signings yeah, to meet yeah. people. Yes. Like to find your people out in the wild. Go <laughs> exactly. to the book club or bookstores. Bookstores. We have one here local that's just darling, King's English. Yeah. Um, Utah's quite a hub oh, actually Yeah, for there's authors, the Poppy Bookstore so... down in, in Spanish Fork too. Poppy? It's like Poppy. Yeah, it's so cute. It's like a little old house. So is King's English though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> um, in Park City, Dolly's, right? Yes. So there's... And that's something that we personally love to do anytime we travel. We're like, oh, yeah. we got to find the local mom pop bookshop. And mm-hmm. that's just because we love to collect and kind of see what they're like in different states, different countries. Oh, yeah. So it's really just the best advice we what we have for people wanting to be authors or be published is like, you just got to be completely in it. Like immerse yourself. Immerse. And in... opportunities will be presented okay. to mm-hmm. like... I think that's what we kind of do is we try and immerse ourselves and yeah. put ourselves in positions for oppor- we create opportunities for ourselves by just going and putting ourselves out there. All right. Thank you, reader. Thank you so much. All right, reader. Thank you for listening to the Lit Joy podcast. Make sure to rate and review us. And like a good book, don't forget to recommend us to your friends.